This is The Second Circle, and you're listening to episode 16, Am I Sexy Enough? special solo session of The Second Circle. I'm Frankie Cookney and today it's just going to be you and me. No Rob, no hilarious banter about this week's sex news. Just me uh, pondering a question that's been on my mind and that I think, or well I, I hope, might be interesting to you as well. So a couple of weeks ago I attended Eroticon, the Sex Writers Conference, It's an amazing event, fantastic talks, and apart from anything else, it's a wonderful chance to meet and catch up with friends, contacts, and people working, you know, writing, blogging, whatever it is they do, speaking in the field of sex and gender politics and erotica. But while being around a bunch of amazing, open, sex-positive people is obviously invigorating and inspiring, and I'm not going to lie, hot too. The post-eroticon wank is a thing. It does also give me pause for thought. See, outside of circles like this, it's quite easy for me to find myself almost the most risque person in the room. I mean, this is England, let's not forget. You know, the mere mention of spanking or bum sex is enough to have most people in a tiz. You know, that's before I even start recommending lubes. But in that conference suite, suddenly I start to feel a bit conservative. Uh, you know, I, I don't, as I said in episode 15, I I write about sex, I talk about sex on the podcast, but I don't write smart, you know, I don't, I don't write fiction, I don't write erotica, I don't take sexy pictures, I don't wear outlandish outfits, and while I'm happy in, to talk openly and graphically about sex in general, I don't actually share too many details of my own sex life. And truth be told, I'm not that kinky. Sure, I know about BDSM. I double. (laughs) I have my fantasies. And I, you know, I'm definitely kink positive. But I still reckon I'd end up on the vanilla end of the spectrum. And the question is not whether it's this is okay, because of course it is. The question is why I have such a hard time admitting that. The thing is, nobody at Eroticon would ever dismiss me or anyone else for, you know, whatever their personal boundaries are, whatever their preferences are. This is fundamentally not what Eroticon is about. So the fact that it even crosses my mind to worry about it shows just how hard it is to quiet that internal critic, especially when it comes to sex. And, you know, yeah, okay, I could just have a word with myself, as we like to say, and shut the thought process down, but... Actually, I thought I would address it. (laughs) So that's kind of what I'm doing here today. And that's what the solo sessions are going to be about um, from here on in. Of course, when we ask, am I sexy enough? We could be asking one of a few different things. Am I sexually attractive enough? Am I sexually active enough? Am I sexually interesting enough? Am I sexually interested enough? And, you know, am I performing all of those things well enough? 
Well, I think we all go through phases of asking ourselves one of these questions. For me, I always seem to come back to the last two. Am I sexually interesting to others? And if I'm not up for things, if I set boundaries, does that mean I'm not as into sex as I think I am? Funny enough, I've had that last one levelled at me before. Oh, uh, I thought you were supposed to be sex positive, you know? Or, um, oh, that's not very open-minded of you. <laughs> as a non-monogamous bisexual person who writes and talks about sex, there is definitely a sense I've encountered that I ought to, in inverted commas, always be up for it. And not only that, but up for anything. I actually dated someone who said she was expecting me to be more forceful, quote, in bed, as though working in the field of sexual health and education automatically translates into being dominant, as though it necessarily translates to being confident. <laughs> Another time, a guy I was sexting asked whether I was into deep throat. And I was honest about it. You know, I said, it's not something I have much slash any experience of. Um, it actually doesn't really appeal to me very much, if if I'm truthful. Um, you know, but there are lots of other things we can do. Oh, are you not up for trying? He replied. <laughs> I reckon you'd really get into it. I mean, first of all, dude, you haven't even met me in person. How could you possibly know what I wouldn't wouldn't get into? And also just this idea that, oh, well, you know, if you're going to market yourself as sex positive, you've, you've got to be up for trying things. Uh, you've got to be up for, um, you know, giving stuff a go. He then proceeded to send me videos of him getting deep throat from previous partners, which is, was so fucked up. I mean, I don't know if he had consent to share those videos, but I feel like we don't need to linger too long debating on the ethics of this particular guy. You'll be astounded to hear that we never did meet up. But you know what? On some level, he did make me doubt myself. Should I be up for trying this? Don't I always advocate giving things a go? You know, maybe, maybe I'm just not as sex positive as I think I am. But if you forget the specifics of this story for a minute, just listen to how many problems there are here. Because this isn't about not being sexy enough. This is about people putting pressure on their partners to do things that they don't want to do. This is about people not respecting boundaries. And I know it's not just me who experiences that. I've referenced sex writer Clarice Thorne before on The Second Circle. And of course, she has written about this idea. If you haven't read her essay, which is amazingly entitled I'm Not Your Sex Crazy Nympho Dream Girl, I urge you to go and check it out. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's basically all about how women feel under pressure to be a certain kind of always hot, always up for it sexy. Now, she wrote that in 2011, and I have a feeling that she would probably amend the language to be more inclusive now, because this is not just an issue for women and femme people. It's something we all encounter, regardless of gender or identity. But there's one paragraph that I'll share with you now. Being a sex-positive feminist, I also sometimes worry that other women will read my work and it will increase their performance anxiety. I worry that writing about some of the stuff I like will be misinterpreted, that it will lead to other women to feel like, gosh, is this something liberated sex-positive women do? Is this something I should be doing? Of course, she feels very strongly that she doesn't want her work to be interpreted that way. And not only do I relate to this as a reader, you know, sometimes I do read things and it makes me feel like, oh, should I be doing that? Should I be trying that? But I also obviously relate to it as a writer. I, I would hate for people to read my work or, you know, hear me speak 
and think that I totally had my shit together and was modelling what I thought was the ideal level of sexiness or some bollocks. Even, I mean, even just thinking about it. Guys, no. So let me say once and for all, I am still figuring out my ideal amount of sexiness, let alone trying to tell you what yours should be. As many of you will know, I have a guilty habit of comparing sex to food. You know, I like to talk and think about and eat good food, and so it is with sex. But I think there's a really important difference that I need to point out. Food is not the same as sex. Sure, it's a basic drive, it's a sensory pleasure, but while we literally have to eat to live, we don't have to have sex. We can choose not to. A few days ago, I was invited to participate in a social media event entitled 30 Days of Orgasm. Well, hashtag 30 Days of Orgasm, I should say. Many of my friends and contacts in the sex writer community signed up, but I declined. I do not have the time or inclination to have sex or masturbate every day right now, and I knew that by joining in, I would only translate the goal as pressure. And pressure is not sexy for me. And I would end up feeling bad that I'm not as fun or not as sexy as my peers. I told the organiser my reasons, and it felt good to be honest and really good to set a boundary for myself. But I'm aware that not so many years ago, I probably would have said yes anyway, in a bid to seem up for it, to to sort of position myself as like super fun and sexy and really game. As I said in episode 15 to Rob, I genuinely have people preface questions with caveats like, I'm very vanilla, but, or, oh, I'm not very adventurous, as though I'm going to be disappointed in them, as though they're apologising for not being interesting enough. Our advice on the second circle tends, if we're honest, to fall down on the side of try anything once. And while I think a spirit of openness and adventure is generally a pretty good way to approach sex, we have to remember that adventure doesn't always mean extreme sports. It doesn't have to involve any kind of sport at all. An adventure can simply be, I don't know, going for a walk and discovering something you didn't know about. Sex positivity to me means having as much or as little sex as you want. Defining sexy on your own terms, not societies. Reclaiming, if you like, your sexuality from your culture, from social assumptions, from the mainstream media. Sex positivity to me means knowing that your sexuality is yours and yours alone. Define it how you like, change that definition, change your behaviour. Sure, I see sex positivity as a celebration of sex, definitely. But it's also a celebration of the freedom to decide what kind of sex to have, how often it suits you, and even whether to have it at all. I've been reading Meg John Barker and Justin Hancock's book, Enjoy Sex, recently, and also listening to their podcasts. Check them out at megjohnandjustin.com. Um, and they have a great one on sex positivity, which talks about exactly this that I'm, that I'm getting at here. The idea that the sex positive movement has a tendency to get co-opted and can become basically the idea of being up for all kinds of sex all the time. Of course, that's just not the case for most people. It's not the case for me. And, you know, the pressure to be up for it all the time is a real fucking turn off. Whether I want it to or not, my sex drive does not answer to society's call. I don't know about you, but I feel sexiest when I'm relaxed, when I'm confident of myself, confident of my needs and my desires. The pressure to be sexy on someone else's terms clouds that. So what can we do about it? 
Honestly, I don't know. Surprise! There are no answers here. Um, you know me. All about the questions, less about the answers. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard. I have to constantly check in with myself. And, you know, any time I get a twinge of, oh, so-and-so is going to this sex party or, oh, I read someone's blog about this or that kink. Should I be doing that? I have to first ask myself, do I want to do that? I mean, it sounds obvious, but, you know, sometimes you've got to just check in and be like, wait, do I actually want to do that? If the answer is no, then stop. Forget about it. But sometimes, admittedly, there isn't a clear answer. You know, sometimes the answer is, huh, maybe. Hmm, I haven't really had the opportunity. So, okay, that's fine. You just have to go on where you are right now. Right now in my life, it just isn't logistically possible to go out all night to torture garden or, you know, or have a wank every day. I have a small baby who needs me 24 hours a day, pretty much. Clearly, I can't go partying all night. Right now for me, I don't really have time to go to a lot of the things I'd like to go to or see the people I'd like to see. And I can say categorically, I am not having as much or as varied sex as I would like. But that doesn't mean I'm not sexy. It just means I have other priorities right now. Whether or not we're sexy enough isn't about what we have or haven't tried, or what we would and wouldn't consider. It's entirely down to who we are right now, in this moment. And as long as your level of sexiness is in line with that, I don't know, I, you're doing okay, I think. Now, we don't shy away from a highbrow artistic reference on The Second Circle. We've talked about Shakespeare on this podcast, James Joyce, so I'd like to round off with a quote for you. From episode four of Queer Eye. If you've seen the show, this episode is all about a dude who feels uncomfortable fully coming out to his friends and family. And part of that is because he perceives there's some prescribed way or expected way of being gay, in inverted commas, and he doesn't feel like that's him. We all get this. Straight, gay, bi, asexual, kinky, vanilla. We feel the pressure from our cultures to practice our sexuality in a certain way or to perform it in a certain way. Well, in the show, Jonathan says to him, I never want to hear someone say I'm not gay enough. It's about what's in your heart. If you switch out gay for whatever your personal sexuality or sexual identity is, the same rules apply. Let's not ask, am I sexy enough? But... What level of sexy is right for me right now? I'm not much of one for answers. But when it comes to questions, I think this is a much better one to be asking. Thanks so much for listening to the Second Circle solo session, my very first solo session. I hope that you enjoyed it. Um, I hope that it gave you some thoughts. Uh, maybe some feels. <laughs> As usual, I would really love to hear your feedback. You can get in touch on Twitter. It's at the Second Circle. You can email us, secondcirclepodcast at gmail.com. And of course, you can always contact us via the website, thesecondcircle.co. Thanks so much for listening. And I hopefully we'll see you next time when I'll be back with Rob and we'll be chatting shit about sex and gender politics as usual. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe, please leave us a review, tell your friends, tweet about us. All of these things help us grow and become better. You can find The Second Circle on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, Player FM, and all sorts of podcasty places. 
Do check our show notes for all the links to the stories we've talked about today. And do please, please feel free to get in touch either via our website, thesecondcircle.co, or you can find us on Twitter at The Second Circle.